I uh, I found out that I might be allergic to walnuts tonight. I uh, had a salad. Yeah, you already said that. The, Shut up, Brian. This <laughs> recording. I, I had a walnut uh, a walnut with a bunch of salad. I had a salad with you a had bunch a walnut of- with a bunch of salad. <laughs> you must be really allergic, thing, or it's a big walnut, <laughs> one big ass walnut. I had a salad with a bunch of walnuts, and then my tongue swelled up, got splotchy and red, and started feeling like it was on fire. And I read that that's like the signs of. Like a low-level allergy. Yeah, walnuts yeah. are the ones with uh, just, just the, big, the green fruit around them normally, right? It, the ones that like green. people will throw at each other. To hurt them? Yeah, because, because it's if fun. If it's pe- a person they don't like. Yeah. I it's not like, oh, um, yeah, the ones that yeah. are stinky that you There's should be all around my house. nothing worse yeah. than having yes. one of those in your yard. Yeah. yeah, it's just like oh, this is a small baseball that's going to jack up my lawnmower if I ride over it okay. all, all the time, and but they kill things that grow underneath them. But at the same time, it's like I understand that it's weird, but there's just like I have, like there's something about certain smells that I can understand are stinky, but like I still enjoy. Yeah, like, like gasoline, a, gasoline, a skunk, someone smoking. Um, and walnuts are that way as well. Walnuts smell terrible. Walnut tree, walnut, or like. A cooked walnut. Like, if Not, I've like had food walnut. walnuts are fine, but like a green walnut that you run over with your lawnmower yeah. stinks to high heaven, but yeah. it's like a good stink. You ever yeah. run over an orange with a wall a walnut? With a walnut? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty the, hard. When I'm out riding my walnut. <laughs> of those, I really only agree about gasoline. That I do like that smell. Wait, but what's I, interesting about running over an orange with a lawnmower? Smells really good. Yeah, no shit. It's orange. <laughs> it's like when you throw an orange into your... Uh, it's ever, just, it's uh, exactly what you think it would y'all be. Y'all ever throw a bottle of cologne through a wood chipper? Makes things smell <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of things that smell nice, hi, I'm Josh. I'm an analyst here in Nashville. And if you put me on chicken, I taste good. I'm Rick Fox. I am an author here in Nashville. And I'm all about dreams. Uh, I'm Brian, I'm an illustrator here in Nashville, and there is kind of a rape scene in me. <laughs> I'm Caleb, I'm an analyst here in Nashville, and I don't like movies all that much. And we're Opinionated. Continuing anime tonight by watching Paprika. Paprika came out in 2006. It currently has an 85 on Rotten Tomatoes. It was written and it was written by Yasutaka Tsui and Satoshi Kon and directed by Satoshi Kon. And it stars Megumi Hayabashibura, uh, Toru Furuya, and many others. When a machine that allows therapists to enter their patients' dreams is stolen, all hell breaks loose. Only a young female therapist, Paprika, can stop it. This sounds kind of, I don't know, like it's going to go down an Inception rabbit hole almost. A little bit. Here's the thing, Josh. Uh, I did not realize that we had done this, but we have unintentionally made this anime-themed... This this particular particular anime has its own sub-theme, which is we are watching movies by directors that have previously pissed Josh off on this podcast. What else did they do? Perfect Blue. Oh, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll say this about Perfect Blue. I at least could admit that it was a well-made movie Mm -hmm. that I found interesting except for a few scenes that I found distasteful. I didn't think that the movie as a whole was a bad movie. Sure. As opposed to some of the other stuff we've watched. So if if it tracks, then there might be a few scenes I take issue with in this, but I expect that it will at least be a thought provoking movie or something that I find interesting otherwise. Do you and it, find all rape scenes distasteful or just that one in particular? Like, have you seen a tasteful rape scene? 
That's <laughs> such and a if so, weird question. We went deep on that right that's immediately. That's such a weird qu- Listen, it's, it's, it's a subject. It's kind of like the Holocaust to me, where there are appropriate <laughs> ways of handling that yeah. subject matter. Normally in are, the form of like an illustrated book with mouses. And, <laughs> and there are inappropriate ways of handling that subject matter. And you can see something where it's being handled appropriately and say, despite the fact that this is something horrific happening, mm-hmm. like the way that they're presenting it is interesting for the story that they're telling yeah. or, you know, they're following these characters or whatever. And there are also other ways you're like, wow, that's really disrespectful and just kind of gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I've seen both in in these scenarios. And so I'm hoping that any off-color stuff is handled tastefully in this movie. I know nothing about this uh, other than what you read is the description. And like I said, it sounds kind of it, the premise is interesting. It sounds it's good. I think it's where, than like they're going in and like fucking with people's dreams. And I imagine there's going to be a bit of like you don't know whether you're in the dream world or not. Satoshi Kon is always interesting. It's really a shame that he died. He died very early of uh, cancer, and it's mm-hmm. it's really a shame because he really was a visionary in a lot of ways. Um, you mentioned Inception, and like he was clearly an in, uh, an influence on that. Okay. Like, he is he is the weird dream guy in my head because mm. almost everything in his in his oeuvre, I guess, can kind of go along with that theme. Sure. Not perfectly, but to some degree. Like he because sometimes you don't know if it's a dream. Like you don't know what is real in a lot of his stuff. It's always surreal at the yeah. very least. And it's it's always interesting, surreal. Well, and also specifically whether you know, because things can be a dream, or you're imagining it, or it's like just kind of their mental state put yes. to film. Yes, and so exactly. How this exists within the world that we're watching can vary, and is is you know, you're kind of waiting on them to tell you, hey, which which of these possible options is what we're seeing right now? Right. He is he is always about the subconscious, sure. and he is also extremely good about taking the subconscious and putting it to a visual in a very interesting way. Whose pick is this, by the it way? It is mine. Okay, yeah. what, what made honest, you pick it? Well, I know about as much about this film as you all have described so far. Sure, okay. I saw it was on like a top anime films of all time list mm. and i watched like 45 seconds of a trailer and like that looks interesting it okay. not only has like interesting content but it seems well animated as well let's do that ha- rick have you seen this yes brian mm-hmm. okay so we're we're split half and half yeah. uh you enjoyed it the time we watched mm-hmm. it before yeah. I, I really love the music in particular there's several tracks of this that i have like on it's my the, spotify uh, for a long it's time it's the same group of music that uh, dig a uh, paranoid agent nice. i always really liked it, their music yeah that's a, that's another like if you have not seen paranoid agent and you are an anime fan do yourself a favor and go check it out. Nice. Well, I'm excited to get into it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you, you've kind of hyped me up, but also made me wary. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll before- see how tasteful it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, before we hop into it, uh, we want to say thanks to a new patron. So thank you, Rio2K, for supporting us over on Patreon. Uh, if you guys want to help support the podcast, you can do that at our Patreon, patreon.com slash opinionated. For as little as a buck a month, you get access to some bonus content, like listener requests, first impressions. We've got episodes that are only on our Patreon. Uh, and you also get early access to everything we put out. So if, we're, if we've got a episode coming out, as soon as it's done being edited, it goes up on the Patreon first. So definitely go check it out. Again, patreon.com slash opinionated. Uh, we've also launched our Discord. If- If you want to come hang out with us, our Discord link is in the description of this episode, as well as in our Twitter bio. Definitely go check that out. Guys, we'll be back in just a minute after we're finished watching Paprika. Paprika. 
like how when we started doing anime, we just started showing up with anime hair. <laughs> <laughs> like Johnny Quest hair. <laughs> A little bit. I will say that uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed that movie, even though the majority of the time I was like, "What? <laughs> yeah, what, what's going on? Huh? This movie is." And, and I and I don't think that. I mean, in general terms, I can tell you what happened. Yes, but I don't. I can't give you like a concrete. Oh, okay. At this point in the movie, they were this f- levels deep in a dream, and at this point, they right. were here and that. I'm like, glad I'm not alone because yeah, it was consistently well animated. Oh yeah, and well acted. Yeah, but the the meat and potatoes. I'm just like, <sighs> all right. In general, I think that Satoshi Kon's movies benefit from and and his TV show. I think they benefit from multiple watchings sure. because a lot of times you are struggling just to grasp the basic idea of what's happening the first time through. And I think the more you watch it, the more you get like the nuances and the ideas that he's trying to play with. It felt as it, it felt very trippy. It's I was extremely also trippy. Going to say that like there are several episodes of uh, paranoia paranoia agent that I just like I don't know what their purpose in the story is. I don't know if it was like <laughs> I've only seen it in English, but there's one that's about three people who ran away from home. But then you find out that maybe they're ghosts by the end of it. And I, or, but they're also like megaphors for condoms. And I don't know how it fits into the story at all. I mean, like, I have a, I have a great appreciation for a movie that makes me want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. But this one left me kind of disappointed and confused after the first watch, whereas something like Inception, I was really inspired to watch it again. See, and that's interesting because I felt the opposite. I left hmm. Inception. Like annoyed at it and not interested in watching again. I enjoy Inception. Um, I don't think I would want to watch it a million times or anything, but I, I was satisfied sure. with what I got on my watch of it. I think one of the things that I enjoyed about this movie that would make me want to watch it again is the way that it's presented because it it does this a lot of the same kind of mind fuck stuff that Inception does. Yeah, but the you mentioned the music going in and just how interesting to watch and look at yeah this movie is um there's a lot of anime that can get really visually boring yes uh yeah. and this isn't one of them uh and and also like there's a t- there's pro- there's probably even more anime that's just not visually boring at all it's a very <laughs> exciting medium yeah um, but there's a lot of times where you will be watching something especially something more serious where they you know because it's animation sometimes they won't present it as in the most interesting way possible um right there there'll be stuff where they have to like you know especially with a, a like tv show rather than a movie mm-hmm. there'll be stuff where they're trying to save cut some edges you know here and 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 like save on the animation budget a little bit here yeah, and like you always watch the uh, the chins yeah. Typically, chins don't move, just mouths. Right. And they use that a little bit here, but most of the time, the chins were bobbing up and down with those them yeah. lips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they do a very good job, I think, of marrying an idea here with a lot of visual. And you need someone like Satoshi Kon, who was just a genius in that way of finding the mm-hmm. right way to... Uh, express a metaphor visually because there's so many of those things here like like what we open with is this cop who's having all these dreams about him yeah. chasing someone and trying to get you know catch this bad guy yeah, and solve it, a murder yeah and there's there's a lot of different levels that the movie kind of extracts from that as it goes on because at first it's kind of like oh he's chasing this guy that he needs to catch obviously oh the guy that he's trying to catch is himself why is it himself oh he's been going through all these movies that he's he used to love well what happened is he killed him he killed his dream of being 
being a part of movies to become the person that he was, and he needs to forgive himself for that, and that's why he's stuck in this this metaphor. Mm. And he does a good job of setting that up and revealing layer after layer after layer until finally at the very end you can kind of put all those pieces together and go, oh, this is what what yeah. he was trying to say, which is what gives it that dreamlike feel because there is meaning here in amongst all of the the noise that just looks like it's just random bullshit. And I think they do a good job of explaining that over the course of the movie when it comes to the policeman's mm-hmm. dreams. Yeah. Um, and, and and it's not just like, oh, you can interpret it. Like, they have characters who are talking about, like, oh... You know, oh, I I understand what this means now. Yeah. Right, the right. policeman's narrative makes a lot more sense than any of the rest of it. Yeah, <laughs> I would be interested on repeat watchings to see if that was also true for other people in in their dreams. I right, if you're able to see, I wouldn't their say own... with everyone's dream, but there's definitely other dreams that have their own like narrative going on, their yeah. own subconscious reflected in the contents of the dream. Right, and it's and I think for some of the characters. We won't. We wouldn't get that as much because, and we we should we should outline who the main players of this movie are. Sure. Again, I don't know that this has a particularly. We I don't think we've got a huge percentage of our fan base that have watched this movie. I'd say a reasonable probably amount. You think so? You I think, think a reasonable well, I mean, amount. Our our demographics are generally guys in their twenties to thirties, and there's a lot of anime fans. Rick, in that I was I'm a guy in my twenties to thirties, and I had never heard of this movie until I got here. <laughs> That's fair. I'm just saying, like of so the if, people if who've I watched it. If I was listening it, to a podcast on this, I'd like to know what happened and who the characters were, so we can t- <laughs> because the the kind of the main character is two characters, and yeah. that's uh, Doctor Chiba. She's uh-huh. a Doctor at this at this dream therapy technology group, right? Um, and her alter ego, the one that goes into dreams to perform therapy on their patients, right? Uh, is Paprika? Yes. Uh, and where she, where in real life, Chiba is a lot more serious and down to earth. She's very reserved. And yeah, reserved and uh, it feels a lot of responsibility for things must be done, even if it it's kind of breaking the rules. Yeah. Uh, in dream world. Paprika is a lot more bubbly and excited and flirty and chaotic. And yeah. Possibly has sets with a lot of people. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not sure, but probably. Possibly, it's insinuated. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, we've got Dr. Tokita, who is the big old fat guy of the movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and he, is. he is the person who has created the DC Mini, which is the, the headgear that allows people to enter to, into their dreams for dream therapy. And mm-hmm. if in case you have not watched this movie, to give you an idea, when we say the big old fat guy of the movie, he is introduced stuck in an elevator. He did not fit in an entire elevator. He seems... Well, he did not fit in the door of the elevator. He's in an elevator later and perfectly fine, but he does not fit straight forward through the right. doorway of a right. elevator. It seems like what you would assume the American stereotype in an anime <laughs> would be. Like, if bit, at yeah. some point he had, like, had a baseball hat and a big gulp and a hot dog <laughs> yeah. and an American flag t-shirt, I right. wouldn't have been a su- I wouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> he looks eight feet right. tall to us, but I don't know if that... Right. <laughs> He's actually just five foot nine. Yeah. And his big thing is that not only is he the inventor of the technology that allows this dream therapy inception to happen, mm. right. uh, but he's also portrayed as 
you know, he doesn't take things as seriously as he should. He's, he's kind of irresponsible. He's a child and an adult body. But he, yeah. he's very fun-loving as well. And He is a sweet, childlike genius who does not understand the idea of responsibility. But, that, but that's not childlike. Or morality. But that's not childlike <laughs> in like a, oh, he's like stuck in the mind of a child, even right. though he's an adult. Like, like, he's an adult. He just, he does not assume the responsibilities that come with the position he has. Yes. And he doesn't yeah. take it as seriously as an adult should. I mean, I get I personally get the impression that there is at least something going on in there that is not. Uh, what, what, what's but, the term? But, but he's not. Be, he's not neurotypical. We'll but, put it that well, way. Right, but a little bit mean, of the tism. Yeah, yeah. Just, a, just a scotch. Sure, but but that's very different from like. I mean, we've seen characters that are like, oh, this is like a ten-year-old trapped in the body of an adult, right? Kind of, and, and that's not this. We get a character that I feel like probably if he'd had more like direct screen time when he wasn't crazy, might have fit that more in his like partner that helped him create this stuff, who initially looks like the bad guy who is controlling yeah. the yeah, evil, so, the so, bad dream. Yeah, Doctor Tokita has an assistant that mm-hmm. we re- we don't really get to see as an individual. Yeah, because we only get to see him after they've after the assistant has already stolen the dc mini right the device that lets them go into dreams right and so we're introduced after they're already kind of a villain yeah. and under well, under the control of this dream device and i don't know if he would actually be a villain he's just he's definitely coded as one throughout the movie i mean he's right he's a guy who's obsessed with dolls and has some uh we'll say extremely questionable pornography in his collection i think they were adults i think they i'm were pretty adults sure too. they were rick, rick thinks adult. that this dude was a pedo <laughs> brian and i are like no like when it says he like, wants to be a doll. horny boys it's like it's just gay porn it's uh, not yeah, like it's just children. like the boys look- when they're singing the song the boys are back in town you don't have to picture children like, <laughs> you don't like, have that's to just what you call boys but I'm, when I'm having a cold one with the boys they are not children <laughs> i hope not Jesus. okay google <laughs> Paprika. I'm going to see if I can find I'm going to see if I can find the picture and see if they if they look like they were children to me. But you guys continue. From to what I, I saw, they look fairly muscular. Off. When her milkshakes bring the boys to the yard, yeah, <laughs> they are adult boys. <laughs> One hopes. Well, you know, I, it de- it definitely yeah. brought teenage boys to the yard too, because I was a teenager and I was brought to the yard. I mean, there's a lot more teenage years when it's you're not legal than there are when you are legal. So. <laughs> I mean, Listen, all true. I'm saying is that this, uh, this, the assistant. Okay, it's very questionable. <laughs> Hold on, wait. Let, let him finish his sneeze. Uh, to me, this is questionable, but I could see it going either way. There is a very tall guy with a very s- much smaller person That's next okay, to him. Okay, right. Now, it could Rick, just be that they are tall people. Yes. One is yes. tall and that one could, is Japanese. That could, but to me, if you if you have the you know, context pornography, of pornography, there is never, there is Jap- never a height disparity or a <laughs> when size it, disparity. When there Japan is a bog and people like them to look like Japan a bog Japan has an entire category of porn for illustrations of little boys getting fucked. I so get I don't you, think I'm but that normally weird. it's I'm... not on the wire. Like, normally you can tell what's black is black and what white is white. Yeah, then. but you're putting it in this movie, so I feel the like you're... The <laughs> is coded as a villain. Yeah. Uh, but then he, like, commits dream suicide, and so we never see him as a character. He's just, to be presumed, the person that has stolen these uh, DC minis. Right. Because the, as the movie's opening, after uh, Chiba has finished her initial the intro of the paprika therapy session with the cop yeah uh she makes her way back to the office and this is where she runs into tokita the fat doctor who invented it right Uh, and he's like we've got trouble someone has stolen the dc minis 
Uh, and this is this is posing a problem because they haven't we haven't put safe search yet on those <laughs> DC minis, and so they are able to connect to and control the dreams of any other user, essentially. Yes. yes. Um, Which apparently is also a problem because the more people interact with the more dreams merge and they become like a snowball effect that can affect the real world right which wasn't that a theme of like paranoid agent is like eventually things got subconscious yeah like it all kind of got together and and like yeah yeah. the dangers of the subconscious of people right Right. so it was kind of like katamari a little, yeah, bit, a little yeah. bit, yeah. <laughs> the the remaining the remaining characters, and there's really only three other ones that are important. Yeah. Are um there is the what's uh, the legal chief's name with the big glasses? Uh, Shima, okay. who is uh who is another one of the doctors that works with Tokita and Chiba. And uh, he's the connection to the he's, cop. He's the one there to be like wide eyed and have stuff explained to. He's, I feel like he's yeah. chief, he's kind of well. Chief no, the scientist. cop should be there for that. Yeah, a little bit. But he, this guy keeps having weird shit happen to him, and then they're like, "Doctor, you were the one who was trapped in this dream, and it yeah. was very strange." <laughs> yeah. You know who he looks he like? Out a he looks like Yugi's dad. <laughs> yeah, I can no. see it. He, yes, he, he no, looks. Google it. And I mean, that's his grandpa for one. <laughs> grandpa, sure. Short gray hair. Short I, hair. I, okay. I see the, uh, under that comparison. criteria, <laughs> yeah. they are short and old people. Then he, yes, he fits the general J- Japanese sure. stereotype character of the tiny old man. Well, and, and the, he's kind of the tiny thick old man. Is just a dwarf version of Yugi. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. this guy like also he has, has Yugi's hair, except a little Jewish. And he's sure. a dwarf and old. <laughs> he doesn't have anything else going on that this old dude has. Yeah, just on. like this guy. Short <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. A little bit Jewish. He, he looks like just like Yugi. Uh, and then and then we've got. He looks more like Danny DeVito. <laughs> I mean, you're with not more wrong. hair. Um, we've got Osanai, yeah. who is another one of the doctors there who is jealous that uh, Chiba doesn't respect him and his work as much. And then we've got Chairman Inui, who is the chairman of the Institute as a whole. And he's got issues with the dream machine. He doesn't like it because he thinks dreams are sacred. Dreams are sacred. They're man's escape from reality. And by allowing people to influence others, dreams were, were ruining that last. But also I'm full of shit, (laughs) but also I'm very hypocritical and will be revealed to be the villain. Who's (laughs) taking over everyone's dreams later i'm very against same-sex marriage even though i love little boys <laughs> also i'm a chairman because i never get out of my chair Boom. until he does until he does yeah it yeah. turns out to be a tree man that was the thing i was very confused about i wasn't sure what he wanted with uh, oshi oshino what, the the set the mini boss villain what did he want with his body the, like the like he handsome think? dude he just thought he would he would be able to take over his body and have a functioning that's body what again. i wanted to know. Yeah. like at what yeah. point did they say you could Swap bodies. I I feel like he got that impression from like the way that he was able to take over in dreams, yeah. and like he thought eventually he would be able to just like merge with him and become one being. Now, now uh, we've got we've got a lot of characters and a lot of names that I'm not going to remember. So sure. we've got we Chiba, just refer to them. Visually. Yeah, we've got Chiba and Paprika. We've got Fat Doctor. We've got Jealous Doctor. We've got Old Doctor. Mm-hmm. We've got Chairman, and that's pretty much it. Cop. We have and cop. cop and yes. cop. And so the the movie starts. We we we've talked about the initial therapy session, and we realize that the dream machines have been stolen. Right. And they explain. And the number why of it apparently doesn't matter. They've like, got they, three. They mentioned right? that three are stolen. Mm-hmm. Right. But it, it, I don't really well, think I mean, that's. That it tells important. you how many villains there are because there's, there's. Yeah, the, I guess that's true. There's, there's one, one fake villain one, and then two true yeah, villains. One okay. is one is the assistant, and I don't understand why the assistant was part of the bad guy's plan. Because he wants to be 
important. Yeah. Like he he <laughs> believes in the chairman, I think, and like also just sees this as his opportunity to get I don't to know. Why did the chair why did Chairman and Jealous Doctor include him? Because, because he has working legs. Yeah. So does know. Jealous Doctor. Yeah, he just seems but, like fluff in this movie. But I think that like Chairman wants his body. Like specifically wants. No, like, Chairman he, wants Jealous Doctor. That's who body. I'm talking about. Oh, who yeah. are you? Who are you saying? The assistant. The creepy oh, assistant. Why think, is he part of the plot? I'm guessing oh, the creepy not, assistant. He was used. Yeah. I'm, he wasn't he was one of the actual villains. Or, I don't believe. I think it was either that or he's the guy that got who like grabbed the stuff for them. I like, think he's working directly with mm, the, the fat guy who is the main like creator of these things. I think that he's the one okay. who has the most access to them. And so he was able to like i i would have assumed that jealous doctor being on the doctor squad yeah would have had the ability to go in and grab the dream machines himself gotcha uh but if we're if we're working with the assumption that he wasn't able to yeah having fat doctor's assistant be the one that grabs the machines for them makes a lot of sense yeah and he's also someone who would be much more directly connected with it so maybe they're thinking okay this guy can like help us figure things out with the whole thing and how it works and all that so because it is very new technology even in the movie like it's not like this is commonplace just all over the place stuff right Uh, well because they even say uh at some point they go to talk to the chairman and say hey you know we lost a few of these they've been stolen somebody's being a terrorist oopsie uh and and he even says the least suspicious looking character ever designed oh. anything. <laughs> yeah, that pale old man in a With chair. like a million yard <laughs> stare that only speaks in soliloquies <laughs> and shit. And never has any bright colors like directly as a part of his body. Yeah, yeah. he's definitely not a bad guy. <laughs> but he only speaks of justice and what is right and technology wrong. I'm saying all this the first time I watched this movie. Did not pick up on the fact that really? until late in. Really? Like, I, 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 was, I was just kind of like... You thought he was like a Willy Wonka type or it's just like, he's a Centric, but <laughs> it was more that I was just like, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. It's a very, very good fair. curveball. Very in this movie. It's just that what is going on. Yeah, fair, but also like when you see the man with the goatee twisting his mustache yes. in the corner, like you kind of sh- you should be assuming that that's the villain. I should have picked up on it. I was not an observant. I think teenager when I saw this. It just doesn't make a lot of Hot sense that this yeah. man obviously hates this technology so much. He has been the person who decides whether or not it becomes a reality for presumably a long time. Like you're probably going to vet this idea before you wind up investing hundreds of thousands, if not millions or tens of millions of dollars in developing the idea. And he waits until it is all but done before he's like, I don't think I like this guy. Well, I think (laughs) he wanted to be able to use it. Yeah. He wanted to get to working condition so he could take it and then no one else gets to use it. Exactly. Leg bolt. Wait, well, That's and, not a very good way to run a business. No. <laughs> well, but he's and, an eccentric with no legs. He doesn't care about business. And if they <laughs> talked about his motivation for it a little bit Trees. more. Yeah. <laughs> Trees. That, that would have been helpful because... I mean, that that's a fair assumption that you know, he funded this so that he could get his hands on it and then yeah. shut it down for yeah. everyone yeah, else. He's, like, that's a fair assumption based on what we know. the Because he says at multiple points, he's like, I need that body. Like, it's clear he resents being in his wheelchair. It's not only that. You can tell from, because his his dream is really the one that it keeps, like, who, I think his part is of the, the, like, shared dream that is 
growing and taking over and doing bad stuff is the part that wants to dominate all other dreams. I feel like his part, yeah. his he brought that into that shared dream and caused it to start like spreading all over everything because he wants everything to be a part of himself. He wants to dominate everything and to to like have it all be within him. That's why he wants that other body. It's not even really about yeah. having a new body. It's about in his mind see like controlling the entire world from what he feels is the idealized version of himself. He and, says like the perfect curmudgeon old man. Like there won't be any more children on lawns anymore after <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Yeah. I'll be all the children on I the lawn. I can lawns. have all the adoration I want from inanimate objects. <laughs> yeah. Which well, and we no, should I think we should talk I think about that's the creepy doctor. <laughs> we should we should talk about I am the homeowners association. <laughs> <laughs> we should talk about some of these dreams too because we're introduced to well, and the other reason that this is dangerous tech is once someone has interfaced and interacted with this dream machine, mm -hmm. now that it has been stolen by terrorists, which at this point in the movie, we don't know who, um, they the dream terrorists can hijack waking, like people who are awake. Right. And we get the first taste of this when old man, old man Yugi doctor <laughs> uh, just starts spouting fucking nonsense yeah like they yeah. all go in there to like win the chairman over and halfway through his speech he just starts talking about like weird off the wall and it's kind of and there's no cut it goes old man doctor is talking to chairman and he's like well we really need to figure out what happened to these dream machines because in the hands of terrorists it could be an issue and the frog parade starts thursday the confetti will lead the way and also <laughs> and the I'm adoration the of dolls of and i'm the governor yard. of the third yard and it's like what the fuck and, just and, happened and no one is saying like even saying his name there's like Let's see where this goes. <laughs> right. I get the impression this is not the first he, time he's kind of he like. always the man who brings us around. He knows what he's <laughs> yeah. saying. He's just workshopping it. Am yeah. I the crazy one? That's, that's sort of the feel you get. And then he you goes and jumps out a window. That, you get the feeling that everyone at the end of that is just going to like start snapping their fingers because he just, oh, he just <laughs> yeah. laid down some real good beat poetry. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then while spouting this nonsense, old man Yogi Doctor just books it and throws himself out of a window in this skyscraper. Which really takes no real glass damage he only takes fall damage from hitting tree like right. there's no yeah. cuts on him afterwards and here's the thing that's a theme in this movie because lots of people jump off of stuff oh, yeah. and they're just fine well people also do have falling dreams a lot that's true that's that is that is fair Maybe and the suicide and, rate's very high in japan and stuff yeah. is softer to land on in japan so uh, yeah clearly mm -hmm. uh-huh um, all the mochi they eat it, well, makes, them, it makes them bounce <laughs> get out of here trees <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and glass. <laughs> Very the glass soft. is just made out of sugar. And and it's such a weird, like the stuff he's saying is so weird. And then it cuts and we're in that dream and we're seeing all the things that he just said. Yeah. yeah it and makes, all of a sudden it makes sense, even though it still doesn't make yeah. sense. <laughs> right. I was going to say, it makes sense in the, the sense that you're like, oh, this is what he's talking yeah. about. And then you're still left going, what the you actual can't really fuck? See, like, <laughs> it's one of those things where like in like old family guy where Peter had to make up his name, but accidentally make up his own name. But like, uh, uh, P, uh, uh, Peter <laughs> Griffin. Yeah, it's yeah. like that to where like he is seeing the things he is saying. For the being the governor of the great super parade. <laughs> right. But it doesn't make any goddamn sense that there's yeah. a fucking frog parade with dolls and like the Parking, Statue of Liberty and walking refrigerators and yeah, bent like golden bats. One of those things that looks kind of like what you'd hang a coat on in the anatomy class, but actually it's just like the torso of a person. You can take the organs out. That's oh, in there too. Yeah, yeah. Those red gates that are in like Japan where it's just like the, the pillars and like the big like tall thing on the top. Like there's that a specific thing. 
specific name for it that I can't yeah, remember. Exactly. But, and and all of this is going in this parade with this really catchy music that's great. It's awesome music. Um, I love this and song and Paprika's song. And it's also really creepy. Yes, because, extremely. Because while this is happening, like the parade float of dolls is like heads twitching and vibrating yes. and like spinning around Chucky style. The, and this is the point where, because they've entered the dream, having rescued the old man yugi doctor from his fall they've entered his dream to see what what the hell's going yeah. on with why is his brain messed up right uh and they see the things he's described even the though parade. it makes no sense right and this is when one of the doll's faces turns into the face of fat doctor's assistant the one who yeah. stole all the stole the stuff and so right. this is their first lead they know okay he he is clearly a part of this. We should go to his apartment and find out what's going on. Maybe he's asleep there because he's in this dream. Right. And boy, does he like dolls. And yeah, toys. Yeah, yeah, he does. He's very creepy. The one thing that I was waiting for more of an explanation on, and I'm sure I'm sure that there's enough in the movie that you can understand it if you're given the time yeah. and attention. So this is also apparently based on a novel, so there's no telling what sure. was left on the cugging room floor. Mm. But in when they get to his when they get to the assistant's apartment, mm-hmm. uh, it's filled with trash and dolls and marionettes and all sorts of things that make it seem like a very creepy apartment. And also, you see a lot of that reflected in the dream that yeah. old man Yugi is having. And so, there's a lot going on here. But one of the things is a a picture of the assistant and fat doctor mm-hmm. and the yeah. face, and he has cut fat doctor's face out mm-hmm. and put it onto the face of a robot toy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it says, help me on it. And I was, I still don't know whether that was him. Like he was mad at fat doctor. And so that was him like, haha, look, he needs help. And I'm the one here. Or if, the assistant was in trouble and was asking for help from Fat Doctor through his dolls, or like I wasn't sure. I could see how to either because, like, when the doctor comes into the dream, he goes into the dream and like his real his his dream self his dream self is that is, robot is a robot yes. with a face pasted on it. So like I don't know if he the the like if you think he became that because he saw that like it, it's possible like because this guy would obviously have used the the like technology before and he yeah. doesn't seem to have, be like surprised that he's a, a weird robot thing in right. the dream. And so, like, maybe that he was recreating what he had seen in his dreams when they dream they dream together. And but there's like, that help yeah. me bubble, right? And I think I think that is a a like thing to say uh, that he is not actually the villain and needs help because he's been trapped in this. And I think that like because you saw the old doctor getting taken over by the dream, and but melting. it was a subtle like it was a slow thing. I feel like that yeah. was happening to him at some point, and like that was happening just, to the assistant. Yeah, as well. and, and he just made that doll in his like weird subconscious state to to like try and reach out for help that's my reading of it anyway so while they're in assistant's apartment they're looking around and that's when we start to see more of paprika Mm -hmm. and she is she so we've been following her after the scene where she's done the therapy thing with the doctor we've been following her as her her normal self her not dream self which is chiba and we don't necessarily know that they're the same person or even Right. At the same, right. We know that they are interlocked somehow. We just don't right. know how. And I think this point. is the first place where you get the sense that these two are very separate from one another. Yeah. Um. And it like it it's clear like when I think you see visually like if you if you know that going in I think you'll read it very clearly in the way 
that she like becomes Chiba yeah. in in the early scene. But here's where they first like start talking to each other and really disagreeing with each other about like what to do and that kind of thing. Because like I feel like Paprika's like, don't go in there. That's dangerous. Because uh, she As finds, Chiba a, finds a, a trap door, trap door with yeah. a ladder going. Doesn't down. Doesn't tell any of her other investigator buddies that <laughs> right, she's yeah. going down. It. Exactly. Right. Which is not a terrible idea at all. And she, once she goes down, she finds that somehow in the secret floorboards underneath, the secret trapdoor underneath this apartment, right. there's a back door that leads to an amusement park. Mm-hmm. Which is just, okay. Which, which, <laughs> which is clear, like, okay, there's no way that this should be here. Kind of yes. Right, yeah. Wise. And she makes her way through the amusement park, and as she's going, she sees on the stairs that one of the dolls from Old Man Yugi's Dream well, okay. So another thing that has ha- that happens before they go there, though, is that she like is reminded. I think she doesn't see that then. I think she sees the park and is like, okay, that's a thing. But later, the the fat doctor like takes off his his. No, lab no, coat I'm and- talking about something different. Oh, okay. Because she goes. She she she's still she's crawled down the ladder in the closet of the. Oh, as- right, this main yeah, doll. No, I do remember his this main now. doll. Yeah, yeah. She goes. She sees the main doll on the stairs mm. in this amusement park. Right. And as she's about to hop the guardrail to go and and investigate right all of a sudden she's snapped out of what has been a dream yes and she's yeah. about to have thrown herself off the railing of the assistant's apartment so whoever's yeah. in the dream and and we already saw that whatever the terrorist in the dream world yeah he can inf- he can impact the actions of people in the awake world yeah right. uh, as long he, as they've used the machine as long before. as they've used the machine he did it with old and man the Yugi, the and now he's done it with chiba because right. he's about to have her throw herself off of the balcony right yeah and i think jealous that doctor saves her uh unintentional because the main one that is after her is in love with her yeah i don't think that i think that it is it's but just then again, a consequence he of could the dream. also know that fall damage isn't that bad in this world <laughs> to like take her out for a bit but you can't run from me wait, if your wait, legs are broken but do you yeah. think at that i don't think at that point it was jealous doctor doing it i think that that was still chairman doing it at that point right I, I, I don't feel like know the, or, i don't know how do much direct think, control or do they you have. think yeah. that it was i think it would have been assistant at I that point, because creepy assistant was still alive at that point, and he could have just been like, hey, "I think get he, out of my apartment." I think he was trying to interact with him. I don't think he was intentionally trying to get her to die. Yeah, like okay. I, I don't feel like there's that much control over it. I feel like what it is, if anything, is like they're they're all trying to draw her into the dream, which pulls her into a dream world where she doesn't know that, and her subconscious mm, just yeah. reads this, you know, thing as okay, this is alleged. This alleged is also what you know dream guy that, is seeing it's, that's weird because to me it felt very malicious like when she wakes up and she's almost thrown herself off of the balcony i think yeah. it's supposed to like it's that usual like detective novel misdirect red herring thing like oh this guy's been trying to kill me right or right. It, or it could just be that you're, you're right and the like chairman's malicious intent is also a yeah. part of this well yeah. and, okay and this could feed into the chairman's intent of because it's this act of her almost throwing herself off the balcony that that leads them when they go back and talk about what's going on the chairman's like nope that's it shut it all down that's right. it for dream machine program we're done no right. one ever look into this again nope ever, <laughs> you're done that's also it. give me Damn all it. those give me all those dream <laughs> machines and at, as that's happening he's also mind controlled a few other just random employees of the company who right. i guess have used the dream machine and now they're crazy talking about the parade and going out and just like ripping up the computers and stuff as right. as they yeah. run through the halls yeah yeah 
And so it would make sense that maybe he staged uh, Chiba almost throwing herself off of the balcony. To throw off the to be track. To give himself the excuse for shutting everything down. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah, it's a cover story. Anyway, so uh, not long... I, I forget... There, okay, this... At a certain point, it, this movie gets well, it's, hard it's after, to like figure this out. It's after stuff has been starting. It's after they have started to tear out all the computers and everything because right. they're shutting the they're shutting the program down. Right. And jealous doctor and Chiba are walking past as they see fat doctor tearing out his computer. Right. And this is where you know he's big and fat, and so he's getting sweaty, and he takes. And the off jealous his... doctor's like, "Aren't those super expensive machines?" And the fat doctor's just like. I mean, I'll just build it again. Yeah, I'll just build another. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like, he thinks about for some, like, what? <laughs> yeah. I, I just know that this isn't recyclable. I can. These are Legos to me. Yeah. <laughs> I am a yeah. genius. Uh, he takes Fat Doctor takes off his lab coat so that he can mop the copious sweat from his brows. Mm-hmm. And this is when he turns around. <laughs> his multiple brows. Yeah. <laughs> this is when he turns around, and it it feels almost like you know how in House it'd be like. Oh, and that's why I always <laughs> shine my shoes with Bolivian tree wax. And the house is like, wait, say that again. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he knows that he, oh, it's actually the Bolivian tree wax insect that is causing <laughs> right. this man's lungs to fail. And oh, now the, it's been solved due to coincidence. Yeah. Well, Fat Doctor turns around and he's got a robot on his shirt. Mm-hmm. And Chiba's like, wait, I've seen that robot before. Right, yes. And that leads them to... Which means that he either... Designed the shirt himself, was already this fat as a child when he went here, <laughs> or for some reason a broken down place has shirts in his size still no, running somewhere. Uh, l- let's be clear. The amount of like t-shirts that have things we were fans of as kids that we've now bought as adults is plentiful, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's, fi- that's one thing if you it's can like still, Mickey Mouse you can or get Bugs four, Bunny. No, you can still, you can get 4XL t-shirts with like... Back to the Future on it. Yes, he Back is. to the Future is a movie. He, this is a rundown like <laughs> mom and pop. But presumably, store. it's not a mom and pop store. It's a theme park. He, he yeah, a, a, that would be that would be like. Oh, man, Josh, it's super weird the that you've got had, a Six Flags t-shirt, even the, though Six Flags the Kentucky shut The theme park had, down. like, three rides. It's one of those, like, little, like, no. fake theme parks. No, it's a full It's a theme real park. theme It's not a They're walking through it for a while He is an eccentric genius and who has get whatever. A, a stupid... Okay, pro- he can probably fair. spend his money in stupid ways, like, hey, I would like a t-shirt bought, that has this he, dumb shit on it. He created a 3D shirt printer. Yeah, exactly. It's a dream shirt. He's not wearing anything right now but you believe it's the emperor's it. new clothes uh because she sees the robot on the back of fact doctor's shirt mm-hmm. she they they go to this derelict abandoned right uh, uh amusement, amusement park, park yeah because both fat doctor and his assistant were big fans of it she yep. recognized the robot from well, the, the robot assistant. and assistant's was the, told about it by Fat Doctor. Okay. Well, but but presumably well, he was a of fan both there, as right? well. Like, I but, thought that's no. one of the, where the, where the pictures were. I thought they had like that stuff in the background for him. And like they he, both went there. And he Maybe had like right. toys from it and stuff like that. And yeah. so the their idea is, oh, if this is a real place, and also I went there in Dream World, right? And you both you were fans it of it. Yeah. There's it, maybe assistant is doing his nefarious villainy from this abandoned theme park. So right. they go back to find him. And, and they find that strange doll in the same place in the thing. And there's a moment that I really like where she goes up to that same guardrail. Yeah. And the animation does a very good job of her, like, touching that guardrail to do what she did in the, in the dream, which was go to jump over it. But she touches it and is like, 
fuck. Uh, <laughs> is, not this a real? Person. is this real? Yeah. Life? <laughs> and I really like that because it, it does a very good job of hinting at what's to come in terms of like yeah. the dreams overlapping with reality. It just is doing it in reverse this first time. She jumps over it and this Dies. is when yeah, <laughs> yeah. instantly yeah. end of the movie. Uh, and assistant plummets from the top of the Ferris wheel, I guess. Uh, and he seems like he just there. falls out of the sky. Yeah. And you think he's dead, but actually he's not. Uh, they but take then him, he is, like, they, spiritually. He's, he's pretty comatose. They take him back to the hospital to <laughs> analyze his dreams and whatnot. Yeah, and he doesn't I guess, wake up the rest of the film. Well, he's uh, basically, you see him hollowed out in the dream world, so right. I'm assuming you don't yeah. get back up from that. Well, dream, dream Machine has, like, ingrained integrated itself into his skin and stuff yeah, at this yeah like, point, I, so. I get the impression that he has been eaten by the chairman essentially like right. i think that the chairman has with the dream bullshit devoured his personality and so there's nothing now to wake up yeah and so f- from this point we get kind of two stories going at the same time which is uh chiba and paprika yeah. going into the dream world to, f- to both find out what's going on and try and locate the terrorist and also, this is going down at the same time that we're working our way through the cop story. Right. Uh, it is which, weird that he's the only other. Already. Yeah. It's weird that he's the only other one with like a, like his narrative doesn't really have anything to do with this unless it's like about the writer of the book or the. I think for me that he's there to kind of give you the basic idea of how it works okay. and to be a decoy protagonist. I just kind of expected us to run into more dreamscapes. Yeah. And I think if, like, if he had, you know, uh, 26 episodes or whatever, yeah. you know, Paranoia Agent is, I'm sure that like he would do all kinds of crazy stuff with this. But I think this is there to just give you the almost introductory level, like this is how the stuff works. Yeah. This is how it's going to interact. And then to be a... This is how the machine is meant to be used. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it shows how it can help someone because by the end of it, he's kind of integrated that into himself and like decided, okay, it's okay that I decided to become a cop. That's a good thing. I had to, to set aside these dreams of movie making, but that's not a bad thing. That's just me growing up to be more responsible and doing what I believed in in those movies, which was making the world a better place. I'm just actually doing it instead of doing it via heroes. Well, and, and they're also showing the technology being used responsibly yeah. through yeah. the cop's story. Because exactly. it is, it, in a pure therapy sense, yeah, it, it is, is helping him aid. come to terms with the things that are like giving him anxiety and helping him understand his own internal struggles and come to terms with it. Exactly. And also, you can have unprotected sex in the dream and do weird shit before your therapy <laughs> session. <laughs> was that part of the movie? I mean, I mean you, it's you're strongly implied by the opening. Laying next to each other in a hotel in like robes. I don't know if that's just like, hey, can, <laughs> can we do my therapy session in like a weird kind of hang? I, I can yeah. only really talk when I'm in a robe and you're in a robe. <laughs> and then she leaves and he's like, hey, when can we see, see you again? again? And she hands him a card with like a big kiss on it. Yeah. Like it's. She, I, that's her paprika alter ego. It is. And I'm I fine think with that, that being paprika's alter ego, but I want to know if paprika is actively like. Yeah, you can fucking dream. Why not? <laughs> My the thing that I think it is is that it's trying to establish that there is a deep level of intimacy between these people, and it's. I think you're supposed to kind of look at it like maybe there's sex there, but I don't think that's the real purpose right. of it. It's it's about saying that you're being your true self with this other person in a lot of ways. Well, okay. and, and also, Paprika is a lot of the sides of Chiba that she's repressed. Yeah, right. It yeah, is she's almost her ideal self. 
well, not without even the ideal. like it's intelligence. Just, it's, it's just, just the, the parts of herself that she doesn't let the real world version experience really, or at least express. Like yeah. right. she, I, I think that it, it she because, is because part of that is fun and romance, right. and and you you find out later that she's been harboring these these. You know, she's in love with Fat Doctor, yeah, right? Despite the fact that she's kind of, she's like, "Oh, I hate that you're so fat," but also, you know, I, I'm in love with you. And so well, she's, she, got she's so also fun. like, about it. "What's on the outside shouldn't matter," but there's a limit. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I mean you've there's also, some lines, dude. Yeah. At one point, she's like, "Man, you sure are a human garbage disposal, aren't you?" <laughs> he's like, yeah. "I eat everything. Like, <laughs> That's what I, I do. I sure am." <laughs> but I mean, utterly when shameless. You, when you look at like who Paprika is as a character and you look at him it kind of makes sense that she would see something that she wants out of him because yeah. paprika is much more childlike she's not necessarily childlike in the sense of like childish but she is more expressive she's more fun happy she's more she you know, lives her wonder exactly she is she has got that wonder that is a very good way of putting it even even the way that paprika expresses herself just in the way that she travels through the dream yeah is frequently through children's characters yeah. like at one point she turns into a legally distinct tinkerbell or go <laughs> little mermaid or the little mermaid yeah. and it's a lot of children's characters that is this paprika character and sure. the way that yeah. she travels through dreams yeah and it's through some of this traveling um we see that o old man yugi doctor is standing watch at the computer as yeah. chiba goes in with her paprika alter ego to investigate the dream world and right. to find out what's going on yeah because Fat Doctor has also tried, like she's giving Fat, Fat Doctor, Doctor a whole again, bunch of shit. He is being un, like she's like you need to take responsibility. And he's like, I know how to do that. <laughs> I will well, go and, and jump into this my buddy's brain and save him. And to his credit, he doesn't do a good job. But I think in his he, own way. He but I think he tried. I think oh, yeah, he he's took, trying. I think he took her lecture to heart and was like, you know what? Fuck. Okay, I do have to try and solve this yeah, issue. Absolutely. And so he went in to try and find the assistant and say, hey. Stop having crazy dreams. You're fucking everything up. Right, yeah. And it was well-intentioned. Not very well-executed. And then he got in there, and it was like, hee-hee, I'm not the assistant. You're fucked. Well, right. he also seems to be the type that likes to talk, but doesn't really hear what people are saying because the whole time like the villain is saying some crazy crazy shit like how dare you coming on this this is not just your dreams like oh yeah you mean this is how this is all of our dreams put together right and he's like he's not picking up on the insidiousness the, at the all. dream right. machine was was our collective dream we really wanted to make humanity better didn't we no this dream i'm going to kill you <laughs> yeah it would be like if you told your child hey you know i need to go to work sometimes to make money so that we can have food to live and he goes oh so if we had more money it would be good right and you go yeah and he just gets in the car and tries to drive it away because <laughs> he thinks money. that he can go, go get, get money, money. Yeah. yeah because he thinks that's what it is is you just drive off oh, and come God. back that's what with work money. Is. so <laughs> so shiva has gone in in the guise of paprika to find out what's going on and as as she explores the world in various ways she sees the dream parade with the frogs and the appliances and the creepy dolls and right, everything yeah. else and it's off to the side that she sees something else in Dream World that doesn't fit. It's like a tornado of graffiti, or mm -hmm. not graffiti, of like, of like debris. Paper. Yeah. yeah. And she goes over to investigate and finds that the Dream World itself is kind of crumbling apart. as a facade. Yeah. It's like in Doctor Who, where the Doctor observes there's just like a crack in a wall, but it's actually like a crack in time itself. Right. And so she go she escapes the dream, but she's still in a dream. She just escapes the weirdness parade part of it yeah and it's like she's traveling through subconsciousness mm -hmm. yeah because you see her 
go through what is a hollowed out husk that once she flies up and away from it and looks down, she, you can see is the assistant. Right. And she keeps going. In his like weird doll obsessed outfit. Right. And I get, I get the idea from this that these are the connected subconsciousnesses. Uh, these are separate from the dreams that they're having, but they also still kind of exist in that same space. Yeah. Uh, and as she flies up, she sees a, a large grotesque tree, and in it is the face of, uh-oh, it's the director. Right, yeah. And so now she and finally And so this knows. is the big reveal that he's actually the one who's been controlling the yeah. strings, and he's the bad guy after all. Right. And so she pops out of the dream. She's like, oh, oh shit. Come on, old man Yugi. We got to go confront him. And they get, they rush off to the chairman's mansion. And this is the big reveal, right? Right, exactly. And the big reveal is not even that he's the villain at this point. What yeah. it is is he's got, you know, he's doing his old villainous monologue and he's, you know, standing there and sitting there in his chair. And then suddenly he stands up. And but it's starts, not with legs. It's well, at first with- <laughs> it's with legs. So you're like, could he walk all along? But yeah, then exactly. he goes past plants and he's got like, Weird root tentacle. He's like, oh, mm. she never woke it's up. It's like Ursula yeah, from exactly. the Little Mermaid. Cu- yeah. And then it cuts to the outside world where Old Man is like furiously like pandering the button the wake to like, up button. Yeah. exactly, trying to get her up. And yeah, things are going to go bad real fast. And they never explain why he can't just go in there and like toss some water on her face and take the machine off. <laughs> I assume that there's some inception rules to it. I, I, can, like, I don't you'll know. You'll mess up their brain well, think, if you do that. I think it's something. just that it wouldn't work. Like we've got, you know, old man doctor who is like suddenly having his fit that he does and like jumps out a window, but he doesn't seem yeah. to wake up until they go in and like pull him out. Sure. You got to so, like, fix it before you can actually yeah, he's she's trapped in her own dream. Right, it's like in the Matrix. If you pulled the spike out of the back of the head, except for you left them in there somehow. Yeah, something like that. It's like it's, you, it's, it's like weird. you pulled the it's like you pulled the spike out, but they're still just stuck in the Matrix. They didn't get back to their body. Yeah, and uh, and so uh oh, they're still in the dream, right? Yeah. And Chiba's running away. And, and they introduce who, secondary, um, like, mini-boss evil guy. Right. Who is Jealous Doctor. Yeah. Yes. Jealous Doctor is there with Chiba. Mm-hmm. And, he, uh-oh, big reveal, he was actually on the side of the director all along. Right, yeah. Jealous Doctor is actually Pervy Doctor. Yeah. He uh, he has some weird fetishes given the butterfly well, thing. Well, and, and it's interesting. So they, they, like, pin Chiba down and... Mm-hmm. As if she's a butterfly. Like, she has literal butterfly wings. She has pins in them. Like, it is is dream logic here. There was a statue of him. Do you think that was his statue of himself, or do you think that was the chairman statue of the idolized body? I'm going to go with chairman statue of the idolized body. Okay. Like, that's what he wants to see himself as. Okay. And then, so, Chiba is pinned down, Mm -hmm. and Jealous Doctor's coming over. He's being all creepy with her. Right. But it's not Chiba pinned down; it's Paprika pinned down. At this yeah, right. And so he, you know, he's talking to her, and Paprika, being the zesty side that yeah. she is, she's like jeering at him. Yeah, and she's throwing him it right back. Like, oh, you think yeah. you're such a big man just because right. you can pin me down like a butterfly? Oh, right, yeah. Like, don't you feel big, you you weak, pathetic old little man? Or, you know, yeah, he, she's, yeah. She's doing that thing to him, and he's like, "Oh, I know who you really are." And so yeah, he he's starts, like, "I love you, but I love the real you." And he's like, "The only one who doesn't want to fuck Paprika." Right. Yeah. And he's getting a little gropey, and you're like, "Oh, I don't, I don't like where this is going." And then it gets worse because <laughs> he like he's dragging his hand down her body, being all creepy and gropey, and then he gets to her pelvis, uh-huh. and 
you think you think you know where it's gonna go because <laughs> yeah, sure. he's being a creep and in a way you're right <laughs> and you're like uh-oh i don't like this and then he just like his hand non-newtonian fluid into, into her body yeah. as if it was no it's like a scarab from the the mummy movie <laughs> yes it just like it doesn't burrow it just Pushes Sloops it through. in as if it was slime. Yeah. And then he unzips her skin. <laughs> he unzips her herself. Yeah. yeah. He unzips like he, her person. Yeah. He pushes his arm all the, the way to her head. paprika off of the Chiba. Exactly. And there's Chiba inside. Yeah. And then he continues Which, to get a little creepy and gross and gropey with, with Chiba on the yes, inside. Yeah. But this is as... You know, we've had cop story going on in mm-hmm. the background, and it's been interspersed, and he's coming to terms with what all these things mean. Why he doesn't like movies. and Oh, but he actually does like movies. And, oh, you know, the person that he thought he was shooting was himself, but also it was actually his friend who, who was a filmmaker buddy that died But of his cancer, friend was and... also his other half, so kind of also himself. Right. We're it's talking weird. about it in like <laughs> around in circles as if it didn't make sense. This was the one part of the movie that made the most sense. <laughs> exactly. well, but it's also not tied to the to the like paprika story. So yeah. it's at, it's after he has kind of come to terms and he's understood and he's he's in a better place now, but he's still stuck in the dream. And right. that's when he's like he goes to the movie theater and he sees the movie of Paprika mm-hmm. and he can see what's happening to her. He's right. like, oh, I got to save her. And so as Jealous Doctor has unpeeled Chiba, Chiba out of Paprika. And it's starting to get gropey. And then like the other like guy like pops up and is like, you can't control yeah, your the and 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 kill her. Out of him and yeah. like starts r- root raping. The, no, it's no. Not, well, it's trying to kill her, I think. Well, like, yeah, but it goes in your mouth. So you, I, you, you don't have to suffocate. You don't have to root in mouth to kill people. I, I mean, it's true. There's like seven of these arm size roots that are wrapped around her neck suffocation could have occurred without it going into the There are a million things you can do with Ruby. It's probably a conflict of interest. I've seen Evil Dead. Between Jealous Doctor and Chairman. Yeah, but Jealous Doctor's also, well, it would be subconscious. One quick detail I want to say that I'm interested in this scene is that I think it's really interesting that they chose to have Paprika be the outer layer to Chiba because I think in a lot of movies you would have the like Chiba would be zesty. the outer, yeah, yeah Sh- Batman Chiba would, be, would the... be the inside of exactly. Bruce Wayne Bruce Wayne's the mask and I think it's really interesting that they chose to go with no that that is the real her yeah Paprika is a thing that she puts on herself to what she, maybe she what she wants to be or a piece yeah. of herself that she's denying but it's not the real her the right. real her is Chiba like that's, well, that, they're both the real her just they are a little spice of but, paprika but paprika <laughs> but paprika is not paprika isn't her like inner self that she's repressing yeah paprika is just another part of herself and i like that i think that's a really interesting detail to add in it is it's it's interesting and and it's as it's as jealous doctor and chairman are fighting over the body right that they are now sharing yeah um, and trying to wrestle Chiba away from each other because yeah. Chairman wants to kill her. Jealous Doctor wants to grope her. Uh, it's as this is going on. That why do you think Jealous Doctor is a thousand butterflies? Like, why is that his dream persona? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I can't answer that. I have no idea why. He's I'm a sure I could come up with something if I tried real hard, but I don't have it off the top yeah, of my head. Yeah, the fact you don't have it right now means it would be bullshit. <laughs> well, he is he is already doing the thing where he's like nailing down butterflies, so maybe he sees himself as the butterfly, and so he pins these butterflies down so that. What you're saying can... is he wants to peg himself. 
Yes. yes. <laughs> Cop bursts into the dream and... He just <laughs> walks through the screen of the movie of the dream that he's watching. <laughs> I and love they, it. They're not picking up. Like, he's just like, mm, I am justice. I love how so many times in this movie there's shit happening in the background yeah. that, like, we're picking up on and the characters in yeah. the dream are just like, well, we don't notice that, so... <laughs> Oh, shit, there's a frog parade. Agio don't work like that in Dream. Yeah. (laughs) He bursts in and he saves Paprika. You can't just say he just bursts in because it's like he has the pantyhose over his head, but it's been tugged up such that his nostrils are just like (laughs) flared and open. I I want you to imagine a there are two pillars and between them is a giant sheet of plastic plastic wrap wrap. (laughs) and it's your job to walk at a brisk pace but not run power walk you're not allowed to tear through it or shoot through it with your gun or you just have to force your way by walking yeah (laughs) and that is what cop is doing trying to break from his own dream into the dream where paprika is in trouble yeah using all his sigma energies yeah he busts in he saves the day and jealous doctor starts running away and it's interesting because the cop is chasing the jealous doctor through the His, cop streams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and he finally, he finally, ca- in in one of the climactic scenes that has been played through his dream repeatedly, yeah. he finally decides, you know, I'm going to take action. And he, he shoots and he shoots jealous doctor. Yep. We cut to Chiba and you, old man Yugi. You know, they're awake. They're back in the lab. And they're like, whew, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. And this is where we see that the dream world and the reality are starting to merge. Because Jealous Doctor is there. And even though he was shot in the dream, he's like translucent-ish, kind he's of like ghostly. Ghost, yeah. And he's been shot. And then he like, he looks at Chiba and old man Doctor. And he's like, oh, I'm I've been shot and he he dies and disappears yeah. and then back at the director's real life house where he's he where, in a row where jealous doctor actually the, is the end of the cop stream though cuz he finally like finishes his film slash trauma dream by shooting dude in the back and then he it is like him on top of a building holding sleeping Chiba and he's like that's justice and even though she's clearly unconscious he just like kisses her and then everyone starts well, it's very James Bond like, movie well, yeah, everyone right? starts like clapping and he just gets even deeper into that yeah. like he is, he is trying is to eat her face in there. and like all of a sudden she wakes up and is aware of it and slaps and she's awake in the real world quotation real world and slaps right. Uh, Which slaps to, old man Yugi. Yeah. to me kind of implies that they have not been having sex. Like, I think that that's why I go back to it being about in- intimacy, not about like right. sex. I'm de- it's fine with having sex. The fact that she is stone cold asleep <laughs> and he's like, well, you have to kiss a woman right now. Them's the rules. You yeah, all saw it's, it. It's all about it's all about subconscious. It's not about like what he would do willingly right. in choosing this. This is just his he he is currently the, the, the realizing cop, cop that he has not wanted been, to be a hero the, the entire time. The cop has time. not been a creepy guy in this no. movie. Yeah, no. Uh, and I don't think that this is If it had just been a quick, guy. you know. Sure. It, it's it, weird. They lingered on it longer than I would have liked them to. I feel like this is still within the context of it's his like dream of a movie that he would have made and starred yes. in. Right, exactly. I he, just wish it wasn't it, unconscious watcher. It's face. also it's <laughs> also what brings Chiba back out of dream world into reality. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so but at the at the chairman's mansion, uh, Jealous Doctor has been shot and is dying, even yeah. though that was in the dream, because the dream world and reality are starting to merge. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the chairman is like 
Jealous Doctor is slipping away back into the dream from the real world. He's and falling into a hole. He's falling into a hole. Condensed dream pit. Yeah, and, and the chairman's <laughs> yeah. like, no, my live body that I was going to steal from you. And he yeah. vaults himself out of his wheelchair to scramble. On no, the he was out of bed. bed. They were both, they in, were both bed. in bed because they were using the sleepy thing. Yeah. I'm, sure. I'm assuming they weren't fucking. <laughs> and so, totally straight. And so yeah. he's like chasing him down into the pit of dream juice. Uh, and this is, uh, you know, the world starts getting fucked up. The the weird frog and yeah. doll parade enters it, into the like, real actually, world. Yeah. And everyone starts turning into, like, camera phone-faced people and TVs <laughs> the, and stuff. The creepy doll turns into, like, a giant kaiju-sized creepy doll. And it goes back to Dream Lab headquarters to try and smash yeah. uh, Chiba and Yugi Doctor to kill them. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> and I, I don't know why, but sure. And as this is happening, and they're trying to make their way out, <laughs> Paprika is also comes back to the real world, and Chiba's surprised because she's like, "Wait, I'm you. What are you doing mm-hmm. here?" Right. And it's like, "Don't ask too many questions. <laughs> We're we gotta, clearly very separate people in in your brain, so that's why I could do this. We've got to we've got to save the day." And as this is going on, uh, old director man uh, has achieved his goal of. He, like he jumped into the dream pit juice mm-hmm. after Jealous Doctor, right? Caught him and just in time. Caught him just in time to turn into a kaiju, a dream kaiju himself. Yeah, and well, in, he's the, a titan. in the real world, he, exactly, he stands up as as a titan, and he's like, "Thankfully, no I'm, dick." I'm, now that I have working legs, I am the god of this world. Now that I have working legs, it's time for me to fuck everyone over. And he's just like <laughs> waving his hands, creating explosions everywhere, screwing mm-hmm. over. The entire city, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and they have to find a way of stopping him. And as as the crew of Chiba, Paprika, and Yugi Doc are running to try and find a way of, you know, how are we going to stop this? Uh, they see Fat Doc yep. still in his robotic form. He's in the real world, but he's still in, he's still, still the robot, robot with yeah. the fat doc mm-hmm. face. Yeah. And Paprika says, "No, leave him. He's a fatty. You don't care about a fatty." <laughs> and she was like, "But actually, I do." And okay, she you know she is admitting to herself that yeah. she actually loves Fat Doctor. Yeah, I have to save him. Yeah, and which is an interesting turn. I did not expect that sure. at all when I started watching this movie. Right, <laughs> and she goes and. And Fat Doctor, as the robot, sees her and still not fully aware of what's going on, I guess. Like, still kind of childish like he has been previously. And stuck in the dream a little bit, and stuck yeah. in the dream. He's like, oh, you, you, yeah, you should be in here with me. And he just, like, eats her. Yeah. He says something like about, like, black. good fat. And then just like, <laughs> but needs a little paprika. And he just some spice, goes maybe for some, turns to camera, paprika. Yeah. And then now they're trying to find paprika so that she can, oh, she's got to be a whole person so that, right. you know. As they, they they go to, they, they get to the feet of the kaiju, I guess. <laughs> Audience, this is where it gets really weird. <laughs> That's what the I, whole movie. I want to really know weird. if like his intent at that point was to make the baby thing, or if it was because of Paprika's intent to go in there is what made the super baby. I think I you need. I think a, it's I, that once Paprika and Chiba are together and they've admitted that they like Fat Doctor. That's when she can become She's her, her full whole, self. She can be her full okay. self. She can be her full person. Mm. And that includes, 
you know, she starts off as a kid that includes like the childish yeah. stuff that she's kind of been riding fat doctor's ass about like, Hey, right. you can't be this way. But she also has some of those same aspects to her personality that she's not letting herself experience. Right. That's my interpretation of it because what I, happens, I believe it. <laughs> what happens is robot fat doctor rolls up, finds paprika, paprika merges herself with fat doc robot. Well, the the, the bartenders and the cop. We have not save. talked about the bartenders, and it's too late to start. <laughs> the robot, the fat doc robot, falls over and bursts from his chest robotic cavity is a baby. Yes, and and it's like combining. Her, it's combining Chiba with what Fat Doc has said, which is like, oh, <laughs> I'm so fat, I can eat anything. Right. And so, so she goes full Kirby. Yes. Yeah. Because apparently I can eat anything means I can also eat the dream away from, like I can eat the dream world away from the real world. Yes. Because yes. she just starts, this baby starts sucking up the dream world. And as that happens, it grows from an infant to a toddler, to a teenager, to a young adult, to the full adult Chiba. Yes. And she's just sucking up the dream world and dream, devouring the yeah, dream, dream titan chairman is like, no, this sucks. Don't do this. <laughs> Only children can destroy dreams. No. <laughs> You're eating dreams i better cover your your mouth up with no, my dream he, hand he doesn't like he's not covering her he like grabs the top of her Calms skull her. to crush her and she's just like gulp gulp yeah. gulp <laughs> <laughs> and she eats him and turns into a giant nude chiba and then with no negative repercussions whatsoever and <laughs> disappears and now the real people are back and Everything's back to normal, except for all the damage that was done to the city. <laughs> yep. Dreams are dangerous. Tokyo is buggered. And that, and then the movie ends with the with the cop walking away, feeling much better about himself. I'm going to go see a movie, darb, darb, darb. And then his, and he saw his the reflection of his, like, sick, His deceased yeah. film partner, yeah. and his deceased film partner comes in and says, hey, you should go watch the next movie made by the person that made <laughs> no, this movie. Wrong. <laughs> Paprika says that to yeah. him in a note. Yeah, she leaves him a note that says that. Okay, and also, And also Chiba is now like with the fat doctor and like, okay, I admit I care about you in like in the real world too. Yeah, she's like, or Paprika left an, a note that said that Dr. Chiba will now have Tokiga's last name. Like they yeah. got married, yeah. right? And, and it is... No, she ate him. <laughs> <laughs> the, the movie goes really wild crazy dream shit and then two and a half minutes of tying a bow on everything yep, yes. and that's it and then credits roll yeah and this movie is really weird i think <laughs> we've done I, I think it's pretty cut and dry <laughs> i think we have done the best we could to explain what goes on in the movie we we could do better we i just will need say more time we couldn't do better we did the best we could no i mean there were, there's <laughs> the a lot of stuff allotted. we didn't cover like the weird Bartenders that were a part of the machine, and that would have clarified the internet. But then all, but then they were part of the dream. They're part of the system that they made (laughs) that anyone who uses the weird head thing. Like, that is the interface for... No, but when specifically, you... they're from a website. And then at yes, one point the in the movie, they're like, made but what is the website? But what is the internet if not dreams? And then it's like, okay. All right, you The asshole. internet is also included in Dream World, I guess. <laughs> the voice now actors, the audience has even more questions. <laughs> the voice actors for the bartenders were the original novel writer and the director for the anime. Oh, that's cool. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. I wonder if they modeled them, the bartenders after I them, too. I don't think so. I've seen one of them. Well, maybe. It's possible. Maybe like cartoony stuff. Yeah. Sure. The movie was... I, I didn't know what I was getting into going into it, but 
it, it wasn't this, <laughs> um, but I still had a really good time. I want to go watch this again. I want to go see what else I can get from it. Uh, and I'm surprised that that's the case because when it started off just kind of really weird shit, I, I didn't I didn't know how I'd feel about it. But I, I really enjoyed it. And I think a lot of that comes down to the way that it's presented. I think that if you present this in a much more toned down way, then I would just get pissed because yeah. I'm like, ah, what? Are, you're just spewing a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, you're just fucking with me, aren't you? You're, yeah. you're matrixing me. Yeah. Matrix but, too. But they made they made it weird. But they also made it a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. And so I appreciate that. Um, my favorite part was the music. Um, because oh, so oh, yeah. The music. Gorgeous. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> there's like, really? Yeah. There's two, there's two main songs. There's the song for the parade. And there's, and there's Paprika's. Paprika's theme. Yeah. And like, I, I'm going to add Paprika's theme to a playlist because I just I loved that song. And I was annoyed every time that it would like <laughs> cut to the next part of the movie and stop playing that yeah. song. That's right. They do a lot of weird stuff where they're like, they're, they've got something that is thematically attached to either Paprika or to the parade. Yes. And so they will start to play it in the background and then just stop all of a sudden. And it's like, ah, which, blue balls. Which, which works perfectly fine within the movie. It's yes. just that I enjoy the music and it, wanted to keep You want to hear to more it. of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, uh, my least favorite part of the movie is I don't really have anything that stands out. Um, there, there's a lot that's weird. And, I, I don't know how I'm going to single something out about this that yeah. I didn't like. Yeah. Um, it's I don't an know. excellent movie. It's, it's an excellent movie. I'm going to I'm going to skip my least favorite part because <laughs> I'm sure if I watched it again, having already like already knowing what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, it's, it's almost information overload, right? Where there's so much that happened and trying to both ingest it and interpret it yeah. meant that I don't really have a lot of time for my brain to be annoyed at things yet. <laughs> right. Next time I watch it, I'll get annoyed by something. And I'll come back and tell you guys what I hated. But, uh, for now I'm going to give it four out of five, um, fat guy robots. Okay. I had a really good time with this again. Um, I enjoyed it the first time that I watched it, but I, I was not in the right headspace to really get it the first time. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more that I picked up on on this viewing than I did the first time, and I, I think the movie's better for it. Um, it is extremely fun in that it, it there is something about this movie that really nails the logic of a dream in a way that makes a story fun with that because you can do like dumb bullshit dream shit yeah. like we've all seen a tv show or a movie where they've yeah. had like a dream sequence and it's like either way too obvious or it's just a whole bunch of like spaghetti thrown at the wall and seeing what sticks yeah. and this isn't either of those things i i appreciate this um because you guys may have noticed over your years doing this podcast with me but i'm not the type of person that really likes a lot of subtlety in my movies. <laughs> I want to be told what's there and this movie does a good job of that without hitting you over the head with it. The message of what's going on I think is pretty clear through the noise. Once you like really you have to really sit there and think about it but it's there and that's the important thing is that there is a message there. That's my favorite thing is that through all of the craziness that's here you have that clear signal through the noise. Um I, I think, think that's hard think, to do and, and, and impressive that they pulled it off. I think that's directly because of the cop's storyline. I yeah. think the cop's yeah. storyline yeah. acts as the anchor for the rest of the movie. Yeah, Because absolutely. it is also in the weird dream world and weird stuff's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all, like, 
in in terms of weird dreams, yeah. he has some pretty tame and reasonable weird dreams. Right. Um, my least favorite thing about it is I wish the villains were a little more clear in what was going on with them. Because um, I, I I think I get it. I think I understand what their their whole thing was. But mm-hmm. like we we get a several like almost monologues from the chairman. And I don't know if it's an issue with like the translation, but like it's near incomprehensible to me. Like I'm sitting there trying to parse out what I he's think saying. We're just too weak minded. I mean, to it could be. And like, could this, be what is going high, for. this is a high grade villain, dude. Yeah. That, like he is up there and knowing what he wants. <laughs> right. I'm just not there yet. Right. That could. I, I that could. Be I it. didn't have much trouble with the chairman stuff. It, he's. I don't know. I understood his monologues pretty well. <laughs> I feel like there's there's maybe more depth and like specificity that you would get in, in like natural language than is easy to put into the subtitles, especially when you are like mm-hmm. trying to parse that along with all the weird shit you've seen and everything else. Like it, it just it didn't quite land for me. Um, but that said, I think this movie is about as good as you can make. Um, I am struggling not to give it five out of five. I, I think that in terms of, of communicating its message, it did an excellent job. So yeah, I, I'm going to give this five out of five naked ladies inside of a dream self. Okay. <laughs> Brian. Hey, what's up? Hey, how are you? So in this watching of this movie, I picked up on something weird. And I want... I, I want <laughs> This know time what, you picked up on something weird. Well, wait, wait, I picked up wait, on wait, something... Wait, wait, wait. Something weird in this movie? <laughs> well, something something I had not picked up on before, and I don't know if it's coincidental or if it's like... Okay. Which I, I very rarely think anything this guy made is coincidental, so... Yeah, it's fair. At the end of the cops, or I, I say, when he comes to terms with what's going on for like a couple minutes before all the shit hits the fang in the movie theater, he becomes his younger self, his like, back when he's still dreaming and stuff. Yeah. And when he's that ideal self version of him, he has the exact same... Paprika has a unique form of freckles that form a triangle. There's like oh, okay. one, two, three, four, like eight or nine freckles that form a triangle. Yeah. He has the same thing. I don't know if that's just like what happens when like you're letting your inner spirit or inner child in right. the dream world come out. Yeah. Or if he's trying to be like her. But I can't imagine that that is coincidental. It would probably be... It's not necessarily your child self, but it's probably the thing about yourself that's true to yourself yes. that is that you're still pushing back and not accepting. Yeah, because it's def- they're definitely not their ideal selves in this, but exactly. it's a part of themselves that... They're not and letting then, like, themselves be. And as soon as he gets shot, he goes back to his regular self and doesn't right. have it anymore. Yeah. So I, I want to know more about that. Yeah. I want to know if that's in the novel or if that's just a visual thing. Sure. Yeah. It's a cool idea, though. Uh, favorite things, obviously, the fucking music. Mm-hmm. And the just the sound treatment, because any time shit was getting real and we were suddenly realizing you were in a dream, the audio would be cutting out and becoming white noise, and I really like that. Yeah. Uh, least favorite thing. Hmm. I kind of had a similar feel about the, the villains, but I can't put that on the villains so much. It's just I, I'm not high-grade villain enough to get that <laughs> bullshit. Sure. Bug up. Fucking... Five out of five. Uh, <laughs> Frog parades. No, something weird. Hard boys. Yeah, four out, five out of five. Hard boys. What, what was the actual name of that magazine? Hard boys. Hard boys. It was just it was hard, hard. I thought boys. it was like flex boys or something. Which I feel is very on the nose. It's like, what's this? What's this magazine about? Hard boys. Hard boys. 
<laughs> Speaking of hard boys, Caleb. exactly. Um, so this movie, you didn't like the music. <laughs> I didn't actually notice. I, I noticed the the parade, and it was always just like this is a cacophonous noise, and I kind of hate it every time it showed up. I can't tell you a single thing about what Paprika's theme was. You guys should listen to both of those because they're both really cool pieces yes. of music. Yeah. Maybe Go I'll follow like up on paying, that. When you're paying attention to it alone, instead of like getting hit with the like the parade, the parade. Sounds. Well, they're not just the parade sound, but like the visuals of like just the what the fuck am I looking at? Right. Like it, it, yeah. And it's music. the what the fuck was I watching, which was my thought the majority of the time that I was watching this film. I have to say that the cop storyline was cohesive to me, and I understood it, and I felt confident about that. The rest of it, I was just kind of. I, was, I wasn't really comprehending it. I was just watching it. Experiencing it. It's the it. kind okay. of thing that on subsequent watches, I think I would have gotten a lot more out of that. But the first time around, the fact that it feels like there's a lot of content from this film that was just made no sense to me. It makes me think that it could have been refined to an extent that it was more accessible the first time through. Because yeah. I love rewatchability, but this was a struggle the first time Do through. Do you think me. that was because it was unrefined, or do you think that was because of the the classic, like, are we still in a dream or aren't we? I mean, I feel like they did that in Inception, like we talked about before, but I had a greater appreciation for the way that they executed it, whereas when I was watching this, I felt a lot more confused. It might be because mm. I just need more sleep right now. That's fair. <laughs> sure. The uh, the villain specifically, like that's kind of everything that isn't the cop storyline, if I'm being honest, is mm -hmm. the building up to that narrative that eventually turns into like the end of Princess Mononoke. It was entertaining, <laughs> but like I said, difficult to comprehend. That's going to be my least favorite. Uh, the animation was pretty much flawless. I have to be honest. I forgot I was watching an anime because yeah. it's so detailed. It, if, it, if it had... Like it could have been something with that Marvel level of like CGI where it's like you can't tell a difference between special effects and reality anymore. This mm -hmm. was kind of like the anime version of that and I really appreciated it. But the cop story is my favorite component specifically. All that being said, I would like to watch it again. I'm not entirely enthusiastic <laughs> about that, but I think <laughs> it's the right point. decision. Right. Yeah, sure. So sure, I'm going to sure. give it uh, uh, four out of five pan focuses. Mm. Oh, cause yeah, cause the it was interesting. The the cop at several points was like, "No, I don't like movies. I hate movies." Uh -huh. But a lot of his dreams took place in movies. Yeah, and he would like talk about specific <laughs> filmmaking techniques. So there's a part where they're playing his dream on the computer, and in my head, I was like, "Why does his dream in his like the visualization of the dream that they're playing on the computer look like a movie?" And it just it makes sense once you see that part. Yeah. It's like, oh, he dreams in movies because he loves movies. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Speaking of movies, if you want to hear the us. Talk Talk about more of them. You can find more of our mm. episodes on our website, Opinion Day. But what you don't like that segue? <laughs> For some like I've I've had you. Did that sound so a little too NPR? Well, like you've had softballs before, but something about that one just felt like. <laughs> Like, like someone is giving like the easy pitch and you're just taking it for all it's worth. If you want to hear us take it for all it's worth, you should <laughs> yeah. listen to more of our episodes on our website, opinionatedpodcast.com. Additionally, we're on social media at OpinionCast on Twitter and OpinionatedPodcast on Facebook. Feel free to reach out to us at our email address, opinionatedmovierreviews at gmail.com. We always love hearing from you guys, whether it's your thoughts on our episodes or suggestions for what we should watch in the future. If you get a chance, please follow us and leave us a rating on Spotify. 
If you get a chance, please follow us and leave us a rating on Spotify. Uh, between that and you sharing us with your friends, it's the best way we have of getting out to new listeners. Also, join us on the Discord. Uh, we're doing anime currently, but we're putting up a vote for an extra special uh, fifth anime episode. Uh, and the folks on our Discord get to choose what that episode is. So definitely go there and take part in that poll. Uh, again, the link for that is going to be in the description as well as in our Twitter bio. We always appreciate you guys listening. And until next time, we're opinionated. Thanks for listening.